This is the Four Man Rush. Hello, Panther fans, and welcome to another podcast of the Four Man Rush. I'm your host, Timmy VO, here with Kevin and Will, and we're going to talk about some player movement. We're going to talk about free agency. Well, the prelude to free agency. Uh, we're going to talk about this new show that's on the uh, Carolina Panthers website now. Um, and we're also going to talk about uh, some other good things going on in, in the Panther organization. One being, yeah, I know people pissed off about this, but my man Kyle Muffin is back for another year. Say what you want. He won games. <laughs> as long as he don't have to pass over 20 yards down the field. But anyway. All right. <laughs> that boy about getting in the weight room. I know that. But he better, better drink that juicy fruit or something. Shit. Anyway. All right. So, hello, Panther Nation. We're going to talk about some Carolina Panther football. So, up first, we're going to talk about, yeah, that guy. One Trey Turner is no longer with the Carolina Panthers. Crazy. But that's how it is. And uh, he went to the Chargers for a left tackle, an all-pro left tackle, mind you, um, went healthy. And uh, we're going to talk about the, talk about that first. So um, let's go ahead and get uh, Will on here. Will, talk about that trade, brother. You know, I like the trade. I think, you know, it looks like the fan base is pretty split on it. Well, national media thinks the Panthers got fleeced. When you read the reasoning, they're saying that we gave up a five-time Pro Bowl guard for a quote-unquote banged-up left tackle that hadn't been healthy. And I just think that's a little bit misleading. I mean, Trey Turner, okay, I mean, Trey Turner's a good football player. I'm not going to discredit him. But a five-time Pro Bowl, with, with offensive linemen, it's a popularity contest. Because Trey Turner, you know, 2015, 2016, he was on a, or 2015 more so, he was on a very good team, you know, spotlight, had an MVP quarterback, and his name got out there. So he made a Pro Bowl, and deservedly so. In 2016, he admirably stepped up and played right tackle when he had to, and he just continued making a name for himself and became a name brand as far as the offensive guard position. But his play has fallen off the last couple of years. He's been hurt, and I think the injuries have kind of hurt his performance as well. He's just kind of been up and down, still a great run blocker, not as great in pass protection. So I think when you look at how they're explaining the trade, they're making they, they're not acknowledging the, you know, Trey's game has kind of fell off, even though he's 26 and quote unquote a five-time Pro Bowler. And a lot of those Pro Bowls were as a replacement guard and based off name brand as opposed to on-field performance. So, you know, not to discredit Trey, I still think he's a quality guard and the Chargers are getting a very good football player, but I think it just needs to be put in perspective. It's not you know, that much of a lopsided trade as they're making it out to be. As far as what the Panthers are getting, I look at it two ways. One, they feel a need at left tackle. I mean, we got Dennis Daly and Greg Little, very inexperienced, struggled, had their ups and downs last year. So it's good to just bring in a veteran guy to kind of be, a, at a minimum, be a stopgap player at that position and give them some stability, you know, quote-unquote, if he can stay healthy. At worst, it's a cap-clearing move. You don't have to pay Trey. $15 million in 2021. That's huge. And Russell Okun's a one-year, $13 million non-guaranteed deal. So look at it as two separate transactions. One, you release Trey Turner. And two, you sign 
a veteran uh, free agent left tackle on a one-year, $13 million non-guaranteed contract. And I think when you look at your alternatives, you know, Trent Williams is on the trade market. The Redskins want a first-round pick, and he wants $20 million a year extension. So, that's I mean, that's an expensive option right there. Another option is you've got uh, free agent guys like uh, Jason Peters from the Eagles. Well, when you sign a free agent, that goes against your cop pick formula. So they can make big free agent signings if they want to, but that kind of goes against the rebuilding plan where you want to accumulate draft picks and free up cap space. Mm. So I think trading for Okung on a one-year, $13 million non-guaranteed deal has made the most sense for what they were trying to do. So overall, I think both teams made out well. The Chargers are getting a very good football player and stability at guard. We're filling a need at left tackle, a very valuable position as well. So you don't always have to make things one against the other and compare. You know, both teams accomplished what they intended to do. It's all about saving money at the end of the day, folks. Kevin, how you feel about the trade, bro? Well, when I found out about the trade, I initially was, you know, caught off guard. It just seemed to come out of nowhere because, as you know, throughout the day, we constantly stay on, you know, social media, Twitter, Instagram, uh, you know, to, you know, to get, you know, the latest news quickly. And, you know, prior to this, there had been not anything heard from the from the trade turn account or anything like that with uh, with Coach Rule since he's come aboard. Well, as you know, the truth eventually always comes out. What triggered this trade was the fact that uh, Trey Turner had went to the Panthers front office and demanded a new contract. Oh. Now, now, mind you, uh, you know, I got two sources, a male and a female, which, of course, I'll name nameless. But uh, even they said that this deal had happened uh, fairly quickly because of they, from what I was told, eight other eight teams had inquired about uh, Panther players, but you know nobody was really mentioning nothing about Trey Turner um, to to their knowledge. So basically, Trey Turner had two years, twenty seven million dollars left. He was due twelve million dollars in twenty twenty this season, and he was due fifteen million dollars in twenty twenty one. And from his point of view, he felt like that. A lot of the money that current guards and interior linemen were getting was below the money that he was getting. Now, mind you, he did restructure and some of his money did get pushed pushed to the back. But at the end of the day, he's still going to collect his money. It's just a matter of when he gets uh, his money. So that $27 million was going to come over the period of the next two years. Uh, He felt like that, you know, his money needs to be around the $15 million range um, uh, uh, as far as like a yearly average. Mind you, Trey Turner is 26 years old, uh, still in his prime as far as the offensive lineman go. And as Will greatly said it, we're, we're not discrediting, we don't want to discredit Trey Turner. We know when healthy and, and, um, and things, he is uh, definitely one of the uh, above average guards in the, uh, in the NFL. Uh, he definitely has given us many highlights from, you know, literally body slamming J.J. Watt in a one-on-one block, you know, when we played the uh, played the Houston Texans uh, here in Charlotte. Literally, like. Um, you know, so he's definitely someone that has given memories. But uh, a lot of us also remember 
2017 when uh, Fletcher Cox put him on skates that Thursday night game. You know, so that's the highs and the lows that comes with the NFL. You win some, lose some, but you live. You live to fight another day. (laughs) (laughs) So overall, this wasn't a move that the Panthers were actively uh, trying to do. So let's just make sure we put that out clearly. You know, for whatever reason, I don't know if it came from his agent or just Trey Turner himself, but he just felt like that uh, now was the time to express his desires that he was not happy with his contract. And because we had, you know, heard no rumors or inclinations of anything about that. So the motive, the motive for the desire, who knows, maybe, maybe he wanted to force his way. Maybe he didn't want to stick around for the rebuild, you know, and what's the quickest way to do that? You know, uh, force a trade, you know, Hey, I ain't getting paid enough, but you a guard. I know, but I'm still ain't getting paid enough. Pay me or trade me. All right, All I'll right. get right back to you. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that, that's to give you the backdrop of what happened with this trade. So pretty much uh, Trey Turner demanded a trade. Uh, the Panthers had to uh, make a move. I felt like that this was a win-win for both sides, as Will stated. Uh, this was more so more of a potential uh, cap-saving move as the biggest benefit for the Panthers. Uh, but also... With the healthy Russell Coon, it could be a finally some stability at left tackle that we have not seen since 2013 when Jordan Gross retired. Since 2013, every single season, the Panthers have started with a different left tackle. It has been a constant revolving door. You know, we might as well call left tackle position the $40 position because, you know, everybody gets a turn, you know. (laughs) (laughs) You got forty dollars. You play left tackle in Carolina. You know, come on. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, I just like but, that. Yeah. Man. So you know, that's that's something that that has potential because um, you know while we're talking, I, I put up a side by side comparison here, and I'm looking at you know Russell Lacombe. Now, take it for what you want. What you think of uh, Pro Football Focus and their and their grading system? We we've had our quibbles about that, but you know we do the comparison. Here now, yes, uh, Russell Cone didn't play but six games last year due to having, uh, I believe, it was a uh, blood clot in his lungs and also a groin injury. But in the games that he did play, his pass blocking grade was a seventy-one point six compared to Trey Turner's pass blocking grade, sixty-five point one. Russell Cone, um, when it comes to protecting the quarterback. Uh, gave up no sacks, only one quarterback hit, and five total pressures. Uh, Trey Turner gave up six sacks, four quarterback hits allowed, and 30 pressures. Hmm. Now, you're going to be saying, but Kevin, that's not fair. Trey Turner played in more games than Russell Coon. You know what? You're absolutely right. That's why I have access to the 2018 <laughs> stats for both players as well. And uh, again, this is coming courtesy of Pro Football Focus. Uh, com. So just to give y'all the uh, source, uh, in 2018, Russell Coon played uh, 15 great promos, games. By the way, in 15 games, he had a pass blocking grade of 77.8 and a run blocking grade of 70.2. Russell Coon allowed three sacks, seven hits, and 26 total pressures in 2000 and, uh, 2018. Uh, Trey Turner, on the other hand. Uh, he had a very solid pass blocking, but his run blocking 
was substandard. He had a 79.6 pass blocking, and he had a 56.6 run blocking. Uh, so Trey Turner gave up three sacks, no hits allowed, and 18 pressures. So, I mean, it's, it's, comparing guard to tackling, obviously tackles going to see more pressure um, than, you know, guards per se, depending on, on the fitness game. But the point I'm trying to make is, is that, you know, Russell Okun is not a slouch. You know, a lot of people feel like that, oh, once they play in the NFL, is over 30, he's old. You know, um, <laughs> okay, you know, if that's how you feel, 30 years old, okay then, fine, you know, uh, you can thank that. Meanwhile, you know, you know, the Rams got 38 years old, Andrew Whitworth playing at an all-pro level with a pass-blocking grade last year of 84 at 38 years old. You know, so hey, 38. you know, but, you know, what do we know? Might be something in the water. But overall, you know, I, I just think that, you know, Trey Turner initiated this trade for whatever reason out the blue. Now that I had time to think about it, I think he didn't want to be part of a real rebuild either. And that's why he, with two years left on his contract, he forced his hand because prior to this, he had never had any grumblings uh, about his contract situation. So, you know, hey, you know, Trey likes his money. He's out there in L.A. where his money can go a lot longer than Charlotte. So uh, wish him well. Absolutely. So do, so do I, man. It, it was great having Trey. He brought an attitude, man, and you know him. Him and Cam were they were they were, they were good buds, man. But you know it's, it's that that rebuilding process, man. You know it's it's uh when it's time, it's time. Man, best of luck, Trey. Best of luck. All right, so let's talk about somebody who's actually staying with the Carolina Panthers. My man, Cal Short Yardage, aka A plus for the ten yards. Kyle Allen, my man. Signed a one-year deal with the Carolina Panthers, so he'll be sticking around with us. That's 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 great. Um, it's nice to have a backup quarterback for that cheap, cheap, mind you, it's, it's relative. What you guys think about this uh, resigning Kyle? Um, does he have any connection with? Does he have any connection with uh, the the incoming coaching staff or or anything? What, what can you tell us about that, Will? I'd be surprised if Matt Rule's not familiar with Kyle Allen. Remember, he was the number one quarterback in the country coming out of the state of Texas. Matt Rule coached at Baylor, which is in Texas. So, I mean, I'm sure he knows he know about Kyle Allen for a long time. And, I mean, from what Matt Rule said, he's watched every game since 2015. So, the fact that he wants to re-sign Kyle means that he saw enough to where he felt he wanted to bring him back on this one-year contract to give him another opportunity to compete. Personally, I think it's a very good move for the Panthers, a cap-strap team. You know, you need a backup, potentially a third-string quarterback. Why not take advantage of this exclusive right free agent tag and get him for a one-year $585,000 deal? I think Kyle Allen's been unfairly criticized by a lot of this fan base, and I think what it comes from, you had media members. On Number one, you had media members who just anointed him as Cam Newton's replacement and made him to be such a threat that would take over his role when it was really never the case. You had Cam haters who kind of anointed him the next Tom Brady or Kurt Warner, put a boulder on the kid's shoulders that he cannot possibly carry and put all this pressure on him and just created so much hate from even his own fan base. And I don't think that's fair. You know, you have to keep it in perspective on what Kyle Allen is. He didn't get much of a college career. He went to Houston you know, as this, uh, we started out at actually Texas A&M, where he was a highly touted five-star recruit coming out of high school. 
you know, that didn't work out. He transferred to Houston. But the coach that recruited, his Houston, recruited him to Houston left and went to mm-hmm. Texas. So he didn't really get to play with the coach that brought him to that school. And he just kind of fizzled out there and didn't really get a full college career. He comes in as an undrafted free agent, gets an opportunity with the Panthers, and he's just here to learn and develop, get some practice squad reps and do his thing. All of a sudden, we have a quarterback crisis. So he has to step in and start probably before he was really ready to. So considering where he was in his career, I thought he played extremely well and exceeded expectations for what you would expect from him. I mean, he came in and managed the game well, got us to five and three. That's really all all he was supposed to really do. You know, he wasn't expected to have to come in here and play 12 football games. But, you know, it just turned out that way that he had to play for an extended period of time. And he just kind of hit his quote-unquote rookie wall. Yeah, I know he's not a rookie, but I consider him one because it was really his first, you know, full year with a training camp, mini camp, preseason, going through that whole process. So he just kind of hit his rookie wall. And, you know, it's just, it happens. Look at other rookie second-year quarterbacks. They're all struggling. So I think you just have to be fair and analyze Kyle Allen as a standalone. Don't, you know, keep Cam out of it. They're two separate men, two separate, they support each other. You know, they're best friends. They have nicknames for each other. They're in meetings together, and they're good friends. So why are we, the fans, creating this animosity that doesn't exist? You know, I'm I'm happy to have him back. I think he'll have an opportunity to compete. I look forward to seeing how he's improved from year two. I think he can solidify himself as a backup quarterback and maybe a spot starter if he needs to come in and needs to. So, you know, I look forward to seeing him compete in Spartanburg this summer again with Will Greer and whoever else we bring in. You're here. You're here. I, I mean, I, will he be motivated? Will he be even more motivated? What you think, Kev? Is he going? You think Kyle's going to come in there with something to prove, or he's just going to be like, oh, well, I got just one. I got just one more year left. Let me just see what happens." Well, personally, I think that he's definitely going to come in motivated uh, due to the fact that this is a one-year extension as an exclusive rights free agent. And just to get some background for those that don't know what that means. Exclusive right free agent is any player that has been on the team for uh, two seasons, at least two seasons. Um, the exclusive rights mean that only the team that you have played for can you negotiate with um, to get your extension uh, at that time. So we actually had four players this year who were exclusive rights. And I believe with Kyle Allen, that now makes all four of those players uh, now return for their um, uh, return for one more year uh, with them. I can't think of the other ones. Uh, Will, if you can um, find that out after I finish, you can feel free to drop the other players that were exclusive rights. But uh, I think he's going to come in very motivated because uh, this is going to be his audition. He has plenty of film out there from last year, uh, from 2019 season, and. You know, with still uncertainty at this point in time in March about our quarterback situation, he has to come in thinking that, okay, uh, I may have to start again. And this time without being caught off guard, he's I think he's going to come in and show what he's learned and improved from watching film, from, you know, whoever he's working out with in the uh, with the offseason. And I think that this is going to be his opportunity to – Show that he that he has a, a place in the in the NFL, and if not with Carolina, uh, with someone with another team, because as hard as 
the times were for Kyle Allen last year. There are quarterbacks who keep getting job after job that played far worse than Kyle Allen, and yet they still manage to be on somebody's roster every year. So, <laughs> you know, so you know, hey, let's let's just keep it let's just keep a brick on that one. <laughs> you know, um, particularly one Nathan Peterman of the Buffalo Bills, Mister Six Interceptions and a Half, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, shouts out to his agent. But anyway, right. <laughs> but um, but yeah, but I definitely think that it's a it's a good move. It's an inexpensive move. Uh, with cash strapped here, uh, you know, we almost got. I think we got more dead cap than we do actually salary cap. You know, at this point in time, and with the uh, pending uh, option to pull, that's going to push us right at. Uh, Don Terry Poe that's gonna push us right at you know right at forty million dollars in dead cap, and after the signing of Okun, I think we're now down to twenty five million, if I'm not mistaken. But the option of Poe will add about another ten, so that should jump us back up to thirty five. And we do have the option of releasing also uh, running back Mike Davis, which will add another three. But you know we'll, we'll you know just to give you some ideas on flexibility with the cap. But overall, I, I, I think that uh, he'll provide solid competition because, you know, in his two starts, Will Greer didn't really wow nobody either. So, you know, it's up to anyone's guest who, who wants to put themselves in a position to show that, that uh, they can be the quarterback for the new coach with the new owner um, for a new era. So, you know, look at it as your your golden opportunity and go all out. You know, force Cam to be better. You know, force Real Greer to, um, uh, you know, fight for his spot. You know, you know, fight for your career. You know, because truth of the matter is, you know, after this year, whatever he does, even if it's just in preseason, it could net him a contract of anywhere from five to eight million dollars, you know, just like that, just off of that. You know, so that's a whole lot more than the five hundred and fifty thousand that you got last year and this year. So yeah, he definitely has a lot to pray for, and I think he's going to come in very motivated. Right on. I hope so. I hope he comes in highly motivated. I I, I still like the kid, man. You can't knock his accuracy. Um, you know, of, uh, under twenty yards, under twenty five yards, but he's he's a he's a problem. I mean, it is what it is. He's a problem. Just give that man time to throw the ball. You know. Um, so, all right, so let's talk about free agency. Um, let's, uh, let's get into that a little bit. Um, I, I believe, well, next week, um, everything starts kicking in motion. Um, the Trey Turner deal will actually go through and the Panthers can start moving money around and willing and dealing and willing and dealing. Um, but I believe earlier we'll, um, during the IG live chat, um, you 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 spoke on the, on the fact that uh, the Carolina Panthers aren't signing a damn thing. <laughs> is that is that how you feel, bro? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'd lower your expectations during this first wave of free agency. Um, you know, I you know I get caught up into it too. I'd love to bring in a defensive tackle like DJ Reader, sign a wide receiver like Robbie Anderson. Mm. You know, secure the backup or even starting quarterback role with a Teddy Bridgewater or somebody. But I just don't think that's going to be in the Panthers' plans this year. One, I think the team is strapped for cash right now. 
We have so many roster holes to fill. DN, D-tackle, linebacker, corner, nickel, safety, interior offensive line, wide receiver depth. With all of these holes on the roster, they're just not going to be able to, it's just not logical to spend, you know, 15, 20 million dollars on a single player when you have so many other needs. On top of that, you got to understand how the comp pick formula works. I think the Panthers are going to value the comp picks that they're going to get from losing their own players. I don't expect James Bradbury to be back. Bruce Irvin, Gerald McCoy, Trey Boston, so many other uh, free agents leaving. I don't expect any of those guys to be back. So because they're going to leave and probably sign decent contracts elsewhere, the Panthers will be eligible to receive comp picks in 2021 as high as the third round in return for them. But if you sign an unrestricted free agent that hasn't been released, it goes against your comp pick formula. So it's based on how many players you lose versus how many players you sign. So I don't expect them to be active in free agency. I think they're going to play the comp pick game, protect those, and they'll primarily acquire players who have been released recently or through trades like they did with Russell Okun. Then you have the draft, seven picks in the draft, potentially more if they trade back. And you have undrafted free agents. So I think that's how they'll go about filling out their roster this year. <clears throat> mm. Excuse me. And I think um, as far as what the released players, you know, you have some options. You know, I think Alec Ogletree from the Giants linebacker has recently been released. So they may target him. Uh, Prince Amakamara, veteran cornerback, was released by the Chicago Bears. Vernon Hargraves, he's still a young player, cornerback. Played for Tampa Bay and Houston. He was being released. You have um, Snacks Harrison. If he still wants to play another defensive tackle that was released by the Detroit Lions, that's an option they can explore. You got Ethan Westbrook, who played for the Rams. That's the Aaron Donald. Back in the Super Bowl a couple of years, I think last year was on the 49ers. He was cut. That's another guy. So these are the types of guys I'd keep an eye out for. Taylor Gabriel, a wide receiver for the Bears. He used to play for the Falcons. He was recently cut. So these are the types of players I'd be keeping an eye out for, guys that have recently been released. That way they protect their comp picks. Beautiful. Beautiful. Kevin? Yeah, well, for me, you know, once I realized what our situation was after we hired Coach Rule and hearing the vision set by by him and uh, Mr. Tepper, um, I've been pretty much all aboard about getting rid of the dead weight, matching out our salary cap, And, you know, stocking up draft picks. You know, if you're going to rebuild, you know, do it the right way and do it where you're in a position of having the best options to succeed. Exactly. Um, Now, I know a lot of people have different variations of what they think rebuild means. I've seen people think that it means getting rid of all you good players. I've seen people think that it's just uh, something that could take four or five years. Now, granted, seeing other how other NFL franchises are ran, I can understand why <laughs> you would think it could take that long. Some teams have been um, rebuilding for a decade or more, you know. So, you know, we, you know, hey, you take it for what it is. But overall, I um, I'm just one for us spending as little as possible in free agency, yes. as as uh, well stated. You know, looking at targeting players that uh, have already been released. Me, I'm under my frame of thinking that with so many holes and so few with just our regular draft picks this year, since we didn't get any comp picks, um, I, I think I can see us having a roster that's going to include some players that 
many of us may not have heard, but they have athletic talent and abilities that Coach Rue feel like is going to be coachable. And, you know, for those of us that just live off of brand names as far as proof that they're good, uh, many of y'all going to be disappointed. <laughs> you know, so we're going to have, we're probably going to have guys playing key roles that, like, never heard of this guy. Where is he from? But as long as he's, these players have very good to great athletic ability and a football IQ and willing to be coached up, I think we're going to see a lot of those players come in. I mean, me for one, I, I want to see guys that have been buried on a depth chart the last few years finally get their churns there. You know, the Quinn Blandons out of uh, the safety out of, uh, I think it was Virginia, uh, your uh, Cole Loops, mm. your, um, you know, your other guys that just really, you know, because, you know, during the Rivera era, you know, it was usually mostly veteran friendly uh, as far as like the reps and the snaps. So you want to see, you want to, you want to finally get a chance to see what these guys can do when they're given an actual realistic chance. And when they're actually being around some coaches, that's going to actually, you know, coach them up. So for 2020, I'm all about, you know, just being a, a tryout session to, to see what players are out there while we, you know, quietly, you know, increase the salary cap and, and amass draft picks. So if we didn't sign any big names, it wouldn't bother me at all. Um, this free agency because, you know, I've said several times on the last few podcasts, him, you know, I've already, I've already zoned out 2020 and 2021. You know, I'll wake up in 2022 with realistic expectations as far as, you know, playoffs and, and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it, we could make, you know, a little splash, you know, here and there overall, but um, yeah, at all costs, protect the comp picks. Uh, and just for those who want, you know, just to give some clarity, because I've seen it in the groups, how the comp pitch uh, formula work, you know, to add on to what Will has already said, it's the number of unrestricted free agents uh, that you signed versus the number of free agents uh, that you lost. So let's just say, for example, uh, I think he said, was it Trey Turner, Greg Van Roten, uh, McCoy, Erzin? And Bradbury, I think that's five. So let's say they all go off and they sign um, big deals. Well, if the salary, if anyone of them gets a salary of ten million dollars or more, with at least I think four more years, that's a third round draft pick automatically. So more than likely, that's going to be what Bradbury will be getting because he's likely to be the he's very much so going to be the highest paid of the free agents that we lose. Uh, let's say McCoy. Inks a two-year, twenty million dollar contract. That's that's ten years because he made ten million dollars with us last year. So that's a possibility he could possibly, you know, ink a deal because you know he he had you know he played very well for us. So it's a matter of how many players we sign versus we lose, and the draft position of the comp pick is going to be determined by things such as playing time, amount of contract, and things like that. So if we can somehow squeak out two third-round comp picks from this free agency, uh, you know, that would be something that I very much would uh, look forward to. So that means our third round we get plus two more third-rounders. You know, that's how you, you know, stock up and and that's how you build. So, um, yeah, me, I'm team salary cap and draft picks. That's me. 
You know, if we ain't spend that one dime on a brand name, it is well with my soul. I'm good. Yeah, and just to add to that, when you look at the teams who've had the most comp picks since like 1994, it's the New England Patriots. You see the Pittsburgh Steelers up there. You see the Green Bay Packers up there. This is just something that, you know, winning franchises that maintain consistent success have a tendency to do. The Jacksonville Jaguars, a losing franchise, haven't had a comp pick in 10 years. So that just means they're a team that's not, you know, they overpay for free agents trying to build to win now, but it doesn't work and they end up with bad salary cap situation and don't get compensated for it. Mm. So uh, it's, they're, on the, they're headed in the right direction. I like what I've seen from this new regime so far. Here, here, man. Likewise, I'm, I'm with, I'm with you, Kev. I, if we don't spend a dime on a, on a big free agency pick, I, I can care less. As, as long as we, as long as we got them comp picks and we draft well, which I think Rule and his team will do, um, and they're great with building talent, motivating talent. So, I mean, let's let's get some young guys in there. Um, coach him up. Um, he, Rule, Rule seems to, again, he seems he seems to be a, a hell of a motivator, and guys will run through a wall for this dude. So, um, let's let's just build him up, man. We are we got vets on this team. We we got vets. I mean, let's let's stop playing games. <laughs> we we got plenty of vets on here. Let's let's coach these kids up like we're supposed to, man. You know. Yeah, and another thing, Tim, as far as young guys that uh, need chances, you know, this is the. Uh, the uh, in last contract coming up for the uh, McCaffrey draft class. So mm-hmm. we're looking at guys like Taylor Moten, um, you know, uh, oh, Curtis Samuel. Right. Uh, let's see. Uh, my boy, Alex Armour. Yeah. Armageddon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, all those guys in that 2017 draft class. I think I'm, well, was in that, was, uh, I think Corn Elder was in that class, but, you know, I think he's already been, uh, I know we signed them back towards the end of the season, but, you know, this will be a good chance for them in 2022. Let them know, like, hey, I wasn't used properly in this last regime. Let me put on and show you what I can do. I want to be here in Carolina. I definitely uh, I definitely think it's a grand opportunity for for a player like a Curtis Samuel, who we think has the, the, the skill set, but it just got to just be able to put it all in into something, you know, productive that can sustain uh, NFL success. Uh, you know, I want to see uh, you know Moten show that that uh, that he is capable of being a a solid to potentially above average uh, tackle in this league. Um, you know, I want my boy, you know, Armor to show that you know he can block that. Uh, give him a few balls a few times out the game, throw him a couple passes out the backfield. You know, show what he can do because he does it every preseason. You know, he just never gets his chance. Um, in, in the regular season. So, you know, guys guys like that in 2020, them are, them are guys that I want to see, you know, had the opportunity to to show what they got because I feel like we, we've got talent that's just uh, never was given a chance to be coached up right and to, and to be uh, utilized in the right way. All right. So, um, apparently the Carolina Panthers have like a little, uh, little TV show going on. Um, but think un is it unmasked? What's what's the name of it? Uh, Will? Yeah, unmasked. Unmasked. Uh, so and, and uh, it seemed like there's some uh controversy going on with Coach Rule and this whole, this whole Cam Newton situation. What's what's that all about, bro? Yeah, well, I mean, like we uh, mentioned in a 
the Instagram live video a couple weeks ago, Cam on Instagram has been sending a lot of subliminal messages to this new regime. I think we can kind of confirm now that he was in fact addressing them. There's this one Instagram video where he says, all I want is the little commitment. You can't give me that. Can't give me that. And he's doing like these planks in the middle of a workout. <laughs> so nobody, I mean, we kind of figured he was talking to David Tepper, but you know, everyone, you never know it, Cam. He does what he wants when he wants. Exactly. So, so time passes. Now we look at the, you no, know, shortly after that IG video, Matt Rule just goes on his media tour praising Cam. You know, yeah. I'd love to work with him. He won't commit to him as the starter, but he's saying, I'd love to work with him, get him healthy. I can't promise you anything. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'd love to work with him. I want him here. You just have to get him healthy by September. So everybody's feeling good about themselves. But then, you know, more Instagram videos come out, you know, more media speculation comes out. And it's just like nobody really knows what the future of Cam Newton holds. And I don't think we may get clarity. I mean, we can get clarity on it tomorrow. We can get clarity on it Saturday. It may not be till June, July or August. You know, so I think we saw this unmasked preview come out today. Matt Rule's sitting in there with his coaches watching the Instagram video. The coach asks him, you have to address this. Do you want Cam on your team or not? And then it cuts away. So I guess we have to find out tomorrow night at 8 p.m. how Matt Rule responds to that. Um, as far as that goes, man, <laughs> I, I don't know anymore. One day, I'm 100% confident that he'll be back and starting in week one. The next day, I'm not so certain. It just doesn't seem like him and Tepper are on the same page. So it's just, I'm just, I just can't speculate with it no more. I'm ready for this to be over. I want clarity. I don't think we're going to get it on this, you know, reality TV show tomorrow. I just think you're going to hear the same cliche stuff. Yeah, I'd love to have him back. You just got to get him healthy. I mean, Brad Rule's already done his interview, so we kind of have an idea of what he's going to say. And on top of that, I don't think Matt Rule has as much control over the situation as many people think. I think... I think he legitimately wants him back. I think Cam wants to be back. But I just think there's stuff going on behind the scenes. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if Cam doesn't want to play out his, you know, last year of his deal with zero guaranteed money. Maybe him and Tepper are going back and forth trying to work out something, you know, and they're just not on the same page. I don't know, man. It's just, I'm tired of this. I'm ready for closure. <laughs> I'm just ready to move on with our lives. It's just going to be what it's going to be, man. You know, let's... Let, Let's do whatever makes everybody happy, you know? <laughs> exactly. Let's get it over with, man. Stop all this, all this yo-yoing around and junk. Jesus Christ. And I, I understand, from a business standpoint, I understand why they're not necessarily like, okay, Cam is it, he's the guy, blah, 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 blah. From a business standpoint, completely understand. Uh, Kev, what you think, man, about this show coming up? Well, already out, I should say. <laughs> I really don't have much to add on. Real, pretty much uh, hit the nail on the head yeah. uh, with it. It's, I just think it's just going to be a, 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 a something to, you know, I think keep our names <laughs> in the in the spotlight, you know, and you know, try to keep us relevant. And, you know, when you've you know trying to sell your fans on a rebuild, you know, you gotta you know keep material out there that's gonna, you know, <laughs> you know keep uh keep 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 our names in people's mouths, but. I definitely think it's something that's for those that haven't had inside access because just because we always keep up with everything that's going on with the Carolina Panthers, a lot of our fan base don't. 
you know, a lot of them get word of mouth and, you know, hearsay and, uh, you know, maybe an ESPN article or reading there. So this would be a good opportunity to, uh, to see for yourself um, because, you know, we still have, you know, fan blade spit in split about um, Coach Rule being here anyway. So it would be good to have some, you know, behind the scene access uh, to see where it goes. Just kind of, you know, get some uh, clarity and some insight on that um, here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's all I got to say about that. But, oh, just so that we don't negate it. And, um, you know, Will, if you want to add something to this, you can. I know we got caught up in the Russell Kuhn, uh Trey Turner trade, but also uh, for those of us, uh, we also signed defensive end Chris Smith to a one-year deal. Uh, this is a local guy that played up in uh, Rowan County uh, from the Salisbury area. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was um, drafted by the Jacksonville Jaguars, I think, in <clears throat> 2000 and. 14 fifth round pick. He played three to three years with them. Uh, he played one year with the Cincinnati Bengals. He spent the last two years with the Cleveland Browns. Mm. Uh, just last, this past year, uh, suffered a very tragic accident uh, to his girlfriend and mother of his child, uh, his youngest child. Mm. Uh, she was, uh, you know, she had got out the door of the car and another car came along and hit her and killed her. And, uh, Wow, I can't, I can't even imagine, but right, yeah, you know, he's somehow used this to keep him focused and keep him motivated. And right. you know, if there's anybody that I'm I'm pulling for to you know uh, make this roster to you know just to have some sense of success is going to be this guy uh, Chris Smith. Just a little bit of background on him. Um, uh, it says defense end, but oddly enough, even though he only weighs about 270 pounds, he was actually uh, a force on the inside playing against defensive tackle. Uh, he even mentioned that when we played the Cleveland Browns in uh, in the uh, 2017 season, uh, his first season there, I think yeah, man, I think he said, mentioned something about uh, he had made a play on Cam or something like that. Uh, he was talking about it. So, uh, you know, this is a, you know, a hometown kid coming home and has the opportunity to play for, you know, a team who grew up watching and, and um, cheering for. So, uh, I definitely uh, look forward to following him, and you know, you know, and uh, if he shows that he's one of the best players on the roster and earns his spot, I hope he gets it, and uh, hope it leads to his career, you know, really taking off because uh, it would be it makes a, a hell of a story to go from you know tragedy to triumph. Right on. Good luck, guys. Good luck. Good luck. Good luck. Welcome back to uh, the Charlotte area, too. By the way, man. I'm uh, glad glad to have you with the Panther family. Uh, I, I hope it does work out for you, man. That's tragedy. Tragedy is never a good thing, but yeah, I'm always rooting for rooting for the the, uh, the under underdog in this case. So yeah, I hate to, I hate to hear stuff like that. Um, yeah. So any parting shots, gentlemen? Yeah, you know, as we go through this draft uh, process, you know, make sure you subscribe to all of our social media. You know, our college. Football guy Vince has done a great job with the yes. Twitter breakdowns, looking at prospects, yeah, you know, yeah. particularly DBs. I mean, keep in mind, you know, he was a college cornerback, played D1 ball, so he knows a little something about playing that position. So mm-hmm. give him a follow mm-hmm. and check out some of his content on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what was his handle again? At Vince? Yeah, at V Holmes Jr. At V Holmes Jr. I'll, I'll put that in the uh, on the on the feed for the podcast at. B. Holmes Jr. 
He put out some good stuff, man. He got some good threads out there, man. Y'all, y'all should check it out. Be sure you do. Be sure you do. Uh, Kev, you got anything to anything to add? Um, not more than you know to uh, you know continue to follow us and uh, and support us. Uh, we are making steps behind the scene to uh, you know give you all the uh, the best access to the best content that we can. You know, hey, I'm just I'm counting down going to Vegas. You know, uh, <laughs> no, that's right. I was able to. You know, you know, with all this, uh, you know, coronavirus talk, I can uh, say that's probably the reason why I got my flight nonstop from Charlotte to Vegas for ninety two dollars. <laughs> hey, anybody so, want to go to Vegas? <laughs> hey, so when that Harper ad went off uh, last Sunday and said this is the lowest price we've seen in eight months, I said sold. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, oh, yeah, man. we're gonna keep reminding you from here into the draft that the four man rush will be live on the scene for bringing you access like nobody else can for the uh, uh, for the NFL draft. Uh, first time the NFL is gonna be in Vegas. I think it's gonna be a grand opportunity for the Vegas to find out about the four man rush. So uh, looking forward to uh, you know that opportunity to. Um, you know, share with you guys, and um, yeah, man, I'm 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 excited. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Should be, damn it, <laughs> should be. <laughs> well, I wish I could go. One of these days, man, we're, we're all gonna be at the damn uh, at the, at the draft, man. Well, we're all gonna be there. One of these days, man. Hey, y'all, y'all, make sure you uh you're on the uh, uh following our Facebook page because that's the, he's he's gonna have a lot of live feed. Um, from from, uh, from Las Vegas, so be on the lookout, folks. Be on the lookout. Be on the lookout. All right. So I hope you guys uh, consumed enough Panther news and and info to uh, satisfy your taste. As always, we bring you nothing but the actual facts of, of what's going on in the, in the uh, Carolina Panther franchise and the organization. Um, whether you're listening to this podcast in the morning, afternoon, or evening, I hope you guys are doing great. Um, and as Will said, to just reiterate, make sure you're following all our uh, social media platforms. Um, that's, you know, obviously Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, YouTube, TikTok, and geez, anything else? <laughs> Spot- Spotify. Spotify. Yes, yes. iTunes. Make sure you, yeah, tell, if you have people who have iTunes and don't do Podbean, please tell them. Um, we're, we're all over the place. We're all over yep, the place. And our website. And our website, <laughs> of course. www.v4manrush.com. Hella articles on there. Norris be writing up some shit. Kevin be writing up some shit. Y'all need to read it. It's very informative. And unlike anything else you're going to read from, I'm, I'm not going to name names. I'm going to be nice. Y'all want to get on one step on my toes. Not trying to do it. But y'all can't touch it. <laughs> y'all can't touch this four-man rush, man. It, it's real. Oh, man. You better be glad we didn't come out when the Panther organization stopped. We would have just cornered the market and been done with it. It's real, folks. This four-man rush is real. Anyway, um, so, again, thank you guys so much for checking out the podcast and all of our content and make sure you tell your friends and family about the uh, four man rush. Um, yeah, appreciate y'all. And as always, keep pounding. Fucking clear. Good job, y'all. Yeah, man. Oh, come on. So that's what? Number 48, 49. Which, which one was that? Tim? 49. Next one is the big five. Oh, that's 150. Did it.
We got some big free agency news to talk about next week. Heck yeah, man. That's crazy. And moves start getting made once they sign that CBA Sunday, hopefully. She love it, we out in public and we can just chill with my partners and we can go back to my crib and just chill the covers and do we me and you love The Foreman Rush is brought to you by the love and respect of and for the Carolina Panthers and Carolina Panther fans everywhere. Keep pounding. The Four Men Rush is a non-affiliate of the Carolina Panther organization. All thoughts, assessments, and content of this podcast is directly related to the Four Men Rush exclusively. Thank you.